Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. And so this morning I'm going to preach a, a sermon that is a one and done, if you will. And, and it, it's kind of an odd, odd message, and, I, and I'm going to tell you up front, and the reason it feels odd to me is because I don't fully know what the goal is. And that might not be odd to you, but it's kind of odd to me because generally when, you know, I, I stand up and get to open, open the Bible and share God's word, I kind of already have a sense on the inside. I, I know this is the goal. Uh, this is the thing that I really feel the Lord wants us to see, to understand. Uh, this is the thing I feel like the Lord wants kind of for, for us to respond in. But, but I tell you that because this is such a, I believe, individual sermon for every single one of us. And, and I'll tell you why. Because for all of us, God continually has, has more for our life. Can, can I get an amen to that? The Bible says in uh, Isaiah 43, God says, behold... I'm doing a new thing. What I love about God is that there's always more with God. It doesn't matter if you are at at the starting line or you've been serving God faithfully for 300 years. There's always more with God. Paul says this in Philippians chapter three. He he says, um, one of the things that I've, I, I, I've come to make in, in my determinations is that I'm not already perfect. I haven't already attained. I'm not, I'm not there yet. But I forget those things that are behind me. I think we can think about that in a negative ter- sense a lot of times. Well, I'm, I'm for, forgetting the bad stuff. Paul said, no, I'm forgetting that which is behind me, good, bad, or indifferent. And I'm reaching or pressing towards the new thing. The, the, the upward call, the, the progressive nature of what God has for our lives. And I'm just telling you, it doesn't matter who you are. God has, he has fresh things for your life. God, God, God is calling and leading us all into a new season. You know, we, we talk about transition and we think external so often, but really transition always starts within. That there's something within that God is desiring to do new and to do fresh. And, and I don't know where you are this morning. Maybe you're here and you feel far from God. And, and, and the transition or the change God is, God is working on in you is, is, is simply re- relationship with him. Maybe you're here, it's like, no, we're coming out of this Born to Lead series, and I, I, got, I got vision for, for where God wants to take me, and the, the change God is initiating in you is he's helping you to grow and develop into a new level of what he wants to do. Regardless, for all of us, for all of us, God is always doing something new and something fresh. And I want to talk this morning uh, uh, about the way, the, the, the process in which God changes our lives. And, and I want to go to Philippians chapter 1. Uh, last week we were roaming through Romans, and today we're flipping through Philippians. I know the Bible jokes keep on getting worse every single week. Um, but uh, Philippians chapter 1, I'm reading today out of the NIV uh, translation. And if you don't have that translation, it's not a big deal. All the words will be on the screen. But Philippians chapter 1, I'm going to read verses 3 through verse 11, and then we'll circle back and and highlight a couple things. But Paul says this. He says, I thank my God every time I I remember you. Pause real quick. Scholars will tell you that Philippians is one of the most tender, heartfelt letters that Paul writes because 
The main purpose of his writing is thanking and affirming this church because of their, their consistency, their faithfulness, their partnership with him in, in the, 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 the ministry that God's given him. And so he's writing really in an affirming, encouraging way saying, man, you're on my heart. I am so thankful for you. And, and so he starts in verse three, I thank my God every time that I remember you. Verse four, in all my prayers, for all of you, I always pray with, with joy. Verse five, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. In ver- verse six, he says, I'm not just writing with joy, but I'm writing being confident of this, that he who has begun a good work in you is faithful, one translation says, to carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Verse seven, he says, it's right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart and whether I'm in change or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify, verse eight, God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus, verse nine, and this is my prayer. So I have confidence that he who has begun a good work is faithful to bring it to completion. And my prayer for you is that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with, verse 11, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. I want to go back to verse six for a second and just make an, make an observation. Paul says, I'm writing to you with great confidence, Philippians 1.6, being confident of this, that the one who has started something, the, the, the one who has began and initiated a good work within you, that he's also the one who is faithful to carry it on or carry it out or continue in you that good work until the day that you go home to be with with the Lord. What is Paul saying? That, That God's the initiator and all the way through, God continues this process of initiating and calling and working in us. Verse 11, I wanna point something out. He, Paul says, my prayer for you is that that you, you would continue to grow, Philippians 1.11. And he says, and you'd be filled with the fruit of righteousness. I've, I've been thinking about this for, for a couple months from a passage in Matthew where Jesus is talking about a fig tree. That God really has called our lives to be more than leaves. The, the metaphor that Jesus is giving with this fig tree in, in the Gospels is that it has beautiful, wonderful leaves and has the appearance of fruitfulness, but, but it has nothing to offer. God desires for our lives to be more than appearance. We, we live in a day and an age where you can get away with a lot thanks to filters and the disconnectedness and social media, but the reality is God, he, he desires for our life to be so much more than appearance. God doesn't want us to just have the appearance of godliness or the appearance. God wants our life to actually bear fruit. In other words, the goal is that we would look like, live like, act like, talk like, in every way be like Jesus. Jesus is the pattern. And he said, I'm praying for you that you'd be filled with the fruit or the result of righteousness. And and again, I'm getting ahead of myself, but but it's too too good to to miss. Notice he, he didn't say, I'm praying that you would become righteous. 
He said, I'm praying that, that the fruit or the result of the righteousness Jesus has already given you would, would be evident through or by Jesus himself. If you're taking notes, you can jot this down. The title of the sermon that I want to preach is a sermon that I've, I've titled this, God Calls, Jesus Saves, We Respond. It is God who calls, Jesus who saves, and we who who respond. Can we pray one more time and ask God that he would really make the most of these moments by the power of his spirit? God, thank you today for the Bible. Thank you for giving us your word, uh, not just as a religious textbook. Uh, we do not need more information. We don't need more facts. We don't need more data. That's not why we're here. We are here because we need to hear the voice of a living God. We need your voice. So I pray for every person within earshot, every person that will hear this sermon, whether today or through podcast, that, that God, you would, you would speak to them and make yourself known to them. Holy Spirit, give us eyes and ears and hearts to receive and respond to what you're saying today in Jesus' name. All God's people said amen and amen. I've been married. I had to confirm this at the, the nine o'clock because I didn't want to misspeak and I was a little unsure for a moment. Uh, but I've been married for about 13 years, almost 13 years. And uh, in my 13 years of marriage, I have made a lot of uh, dumb, dumb decisions. Uh, I've made a lot of... Uh, choices and said a lot of things that I'm ah, probably not the smartest. Um, our, our missions pastors, Pastor Jim and Janelle Billings, um, Pastor Jim often tells me, you are not the smartest man. Every time I hear you talk about, tell a story about something, you, you, are not, you need some help, my friend. Um, because I, I have said and, and, and done probably a lot of stuff, and, and none of it on purpose, all of it, because I, I just misjudge or miscalculate the, 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 the moment, the situation. And one of the ones that I can think of so clearly is when we were having our firstborn daughter, Evelyn. Evelyn will be seven years old in January. She is so pumped right now because this is her first weekend. She got to, to, to double dip Saturday and now Sunday too in the big kids class. And um, she was bragging to her younger siblings, yeah, I don't, we don't get snack in my class anymore. And uh, we don't like, yeah, we're, you know, it's, we're, we're, we're not even going to the playground. We're past that. She's so excited to be in the big kid class. But I remember when we had Evelyn, we, we had to be induced. Uh, I don't know why. I didn't ask questions. I just do what the doctors and my wife tell me. Uh, but apparently, you cannot go a week past your due date. That's not good. And so we had to be scheduled. January 11th, um, I can't think of the year, 2015, January 11th, uh, 7 a.m., we were scheduled. Now, before I even tell you, I do not know where I got this idea from. I, I, I do not know. Uh, this is like the same level of not smartness as when I for real thought that organic meant it had never been touched by human hands. Uh, I just like, I, I don't know where I got that, but something in me, like I, I thought that was real until I'm in Harris Teeter one day and I'm watching the guy stock the organic produce and I'm like, wait a minute, he's killing the organic on the avocados. <laughs> so, someone tell this man. I should get those cheaper. And it's like, okay, that's not actually what it means. This is kind of like the same level, but we're, 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 we're scheduled to be induced. And in my mind, I thought when you're induced, it's like, it's like different than normal, like having a baby. I don't know where I got this, but it's in my mind. I'm thinking, yeah, like we'll go and whatever they do to do the, the induction, bada bing, bada boom, we'll have a baby, probably be out by about lunchtime, home for dinner and a Laker game. That's so, so, so we get there. And the first thing they do is this nurse starts giving us a tour of the facility. And um, I don't know why sometimes I interject myself and say the things I do, but I stopped her and said, hey, hey, excuse me, excuse me. 
they probably didn't tell you the front desk. It's not your fault. Like it's, it's, I'm not blaming you. Uh, we're not going to be here very long. So uh, we don't really need the full tour. And she kind of just looked at me and looked at Jenny like, why did you bring this guy? You couldn't find anybody else to be with you on this day. And uh, needless to say, it took longer than lunchtime. We were uh, scheduled at 7 a.m. on January 11th. And at 2.52 a.m. January 12th, we had Evelyn Grace Dearman. And um, I completely misunderstood what was about to happen. I, I tell you that because I think that in, in a similar way, so many of us, maybe, maybe not you, I won't project, but so many Christians, I know I have been in this category and in this camp, we, we misunderstand the process in which God works in our life. Here's how we think it goes. We think, I call upon God because I've made some bad decisions. I'm not in a great place right now. My life is not where I want it to be. I'm in some, some turmoil. There's some adverse circumstances. Like I really need God right now, or, or maybe life is great, but just something in you goes, you know, I think this year, last year we added a pool. This year, let's, let's add Jesus. That would be a good, a good step in the progression of our family. And so for whatever reason, we think stirred by our emotions, by our feeling, we call out to God. And, and upon calling out to God, we start ordering our life accordingly. I can't tell you how many people I've had coffee with that are like, Brandon, I would love to get coffee with you. Like, you'll, you'll be so pumped to hear, I just made the decision. I'm really getting serious about God. And, 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 and so here are the 15 things that I'm doing from now. I'm, for the rest of my life, every day, I'm doing these things. And here's the 35 things I'm never doing again. And we think, we call on God, we, we order things, so, so then God will respond to us in the appropriate way. But what, what I want us to see this morning is that, that that line of thinking is so detrimental for two reasons. Because number one, it puts an extreme amount of weight and pressure that is unbearable for you and I to sustain. When we feel like we're doing all the heavy lifting, I got, I got to find the right way to really get God's attention. What's, what, what's the right posture of heart? What, what, what's the right way to pray? What's the right way to read my Bible? What, what's the right way to approach the, the, the prayer and altar? We, and, and, and it puts an enormous amount of weight and pressure and we feel like I gotta, I gotta find a way to call out to God and, and then not, not to even mention this, this illusion that we can somehow order things in such a way that God will finally go, okay, great. I'm so glad you have finally called out to me and gotten things in order. I, I will now I'll respond to you. That, that, that weight, that pressure, that line of thinking, it's, well, it's not sustainable. So, so what happens? Not being able to, to sustain that. I can't tell you how, how many times I found myself here and people that I know, we, we slip into, into just this attitude of apathy. I mean, I, I, I guess like if, if it's on me to call out to God, I mean, I guess right now, like I'm pretty good without God. So I guess he, he's good without me. And, and because we take all the responsibility, we, we also give ourselves the ability to decide and determine and to dictate seasonally when we need God and when we do not need God. But what I, what I would like to offer th this morning as an alternative is that actually, actually, it's not us who call upon God. It's not us who are aligning and positioning ourselves in the right way so God responds. No, rather, God is the one who calls God is the one who calls and Jesus is the one who has already done all the heavy lifting and it is us who simply, simply respond. If you're taking notes, you can jot this down. I have three quick thoughts for you this morning. And number one simply is this, that God calls. 
God calls. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, listen to what Paul says. He said, I'm confident of this, that he who began a good work in you, the one who initiated, the, the one who started this, that he who began a good work in you is also the one who will continue initiating, who will continue calling, who will continue to bring to completion that thing that God has started with, within you. This, this to me is a, it, it's a very personal subject because it, it was probably two, three weeks ago that I found myself at about 3 a.m. not being able to sleep. Have you ever woken up before and you want like, like nothing else to go back to sleep, but you cannot go back to sleep? I um, can, can at times fall, fall victim to, uh, to, to guilt, to shame, to, to, to condemnation, not because of any you know, big hidden secret sin, but rather because uh, as a pastor, as a leader, I, I can often hold myself to a standard that is, well, it's, it's unreasonable. I, I forget that my name is not Jesus and my role is not Savior, and so I hold myself to expectations and standards that, that actually are, are not all the way attainable. And so be, because I know there's inconsistencies and I, I, and I know that I'm frail and I know that I have little places where I miss it, I, I can start feeling, feeling the weight of that. And so I woke up a couple weeks ago, about 3 a.m. And um, immediately, immediately, I, I was overwhelmed with just the feeling of, of inadequacy. I, I, don't, I don't want to sound overdramatic, but... But, but of guilt, shame, condemnation, I, 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 I wish I was doing a better job. I wish I was more consistent. I, 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 and I had this whole list of things. Have you ever felt like this before? That you feel like you're not like, exactly hitting the mark and it'd be one thing if you could like, really point your finger to it, but it's just so many things that you don't feel like you can really point your finger to it because, because it's just so, so much. And so I, I went downstairs and, and, and I was sit, sitting on my couch and all of a sudden, I pray that I never forget this moment. All of a sudden, I, I felt like the Holy Spirit, not audibly, but on the inside, just say to me, you, you know, it was me that, wo- that woke you up this morning. It was me that woke you up. See, because for, for, for a moment, I thought that I woke myself up. For, for, for a moment, I, I thought it was because I, I'm just not doing good and I'm missing it in so many areas that it was, it's, it, 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 it was the guilt, it, but, but, but here's what the Bible says, that the enemy has a way of taking advantage. This is what Paul says, says about the law. The, the, Paul goes, oh, the law, the law's not bad. The law, the law wasn't evil. But the problem was the enemy kept taking advantage of the law and using it as an opportunity for sin and guilt and condemnation. You know, the enemy still, still, still plays that same trick. And and, and what, what I couldn't see is that the enemy was trying to take advantage of a phone call God was making. It was God who woke me up. Why? Because God calls. Be, because God continues to call. Because God continues to initiate. One of the things that has so changed my perspective is this, this, this reality that it's not my feelings that compel me to call upon God. It is God compelling me to call upon God. It's not an emotion it's not desperation. It's not a feeling. It's not because I was in a church service and whoa, Spencer hit that note and the vibe was, and I, it, it's God compelling me. What, what, what does Romans say? Romans 5, 6 through 8, it says that when we were still without strength in due time, Christ, he died for the ungodly. 
Verse 7, for scarcely for a righteous man one may die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But verse 8, but God has proven and demonstrated his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners. Paul says it this way in Ephesians 2, that when we were dead, when we had no ability to even reach for God, God demonstrated his love in initiating something. And can I tell you, God is still proving and he is still demonstrating his love in continuing that initiation, in continuing to call, in continuing to speak. It is not our feeling or our emotion. It is God. Jesus said in John 6, no one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him. We, 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 we don't have time to read, but you could go through John 14, 15, and 16, and Jesus says over and over and over again, describing the work of his spirit, that it's the Holy Spirit. God uses his spirit, and it's the spirit of God that convinces us of areas of sin, yet of our righteousness and our security in him. It's the Holy Spirit who leads and guides us into truth. It's the Holy Spirit that reminds us of all things. It's the Holy Spirit who testifies and declares to us who God is the one who is drawing us. And can, can I just say this morning that for every single one, God is still calling today. I, I, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what it sounds like. I don't know what it feels like to you. But the reality is God, he has started something within you. And Paul said, here's my confidence. He didn't just start something but he's the one who's continuing to call, to initiate. Why? Because, because God has, has more. You know why I think this is, this is so, so important we understand? is because there's a difference in being invited and inviting yourself, isn't there? There's a difference when you're invited as opposed to when you've invited yourself somewhere. I remember they wouldn't mind me sharing the story at least I, I sure hope not. Um, kidding. Uh, but but I, I remember our, our former worship pastors, Pastor Kyle and Lisa Cooper, we were after church one day. We were just literally standing right here as a group of people. And we were talking about some new, new movie that just came out. I'm so pumped. I haven't been back, but I'm pumped that movie theaters are back open because I love going to the movies. And we were talking about some movie that just came out. And um, it's a group conversation, okay? So we're talking about some movie that just came out, and they kind of, you know, they're, they're talking to each other, and I hear them go, yeah, like, the, it's playing today at this time. We should go. And I went, oh, I would love to. And have you ever thought you were invited and you're not invited? <laughs> and they kind of looked at each other like, yeah, sh sure. Um, it was like more of like a date, but um, sure, you can, when, when you're invited, it comes with, with validation, when, when you're being the one invited, it's the validation, no, I want you here. I, it, it, it would not be the same without you. I, I desire proximity. When, when you're the one inviting yourself, it comes with a whole other range of emotions. Why is it so important that we, we remember and we realize that it is God who calls and God who is continuing to call because we need that validation. We need to be reminded that God, it's because he loves us. It's because he desires relationship and desires proximity and he desires the good things he has in store for us to, to be realized that he continues to call us. Number two, you can write this down if you're taking notes, but, but it's God who calls and Jesus who saves. It's Jesus who who saves. Number two, if you're taking notes, Philippians chapter one, verse 11, Paul says this. He said, my prayer for you is that the fruit of righteousness. 
He didn't say, I'm praying for you that you would be more righteous. I'm praying for you that you would just like more and more, you would figure it out and you would start, start being better, getting better, doing better. He didn't say, I'm praying that the, the product of the righteousness that has already been bestowed upon you would start becoming evident in, in your life. Through who? Not through your own efforts, but through, through Jesus. See, it, it's really easy for, for us to understand this at the starting line. Because we're at the starting line and we're like, I just, I'm like, I, I don't know Jesus, but I need him. And we, we get saved. It's really easy to go, yeah, man, I, he is the savior and it is not by me. It's all because of him. But something happens with us, the more mature, quote unquote, that we get, that we, we start thinking that, well, yeah, Jesus is my savior. I'm getting into heaven because of him. But I mean, now that I'm taking steps of maturity, like I, I got to start really. And so what happens is even if we have this revelation that God's calling us, our response is to, try, to start thinking about all the things that we have to do. Maybe that's even where you are this morning that you're like, yeah, like, I know God's calling me. I know that like I, God, he has been bugging the life out of me, trying to get me to, to lean in some areas. But part of what, what caused you hesitation is you just know that you don't have the ability to like do all the things in your mind you think you have to start doing. The reality is that Jesus said these words on the cross, it is finished, it's done. What, what did those words even mean? Well, Jesus, he came and he fulfilled all of the law. Every last letter. This is why he was our perfect sacrifice. Bible says in, in Ephesians 2.8 that it's by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. Other translations say not of your own works. In other words, it is Jesus who has completely finished the work. So when, when God calls us, he's calling us into a position of the work already being done. What, what, what is it right now that, that in your mind you are so convinced, well, I, I, I gotta do this because we, we, we're like this so often. And we have in our mind, well, yeah, I, I know God's calling me. I, I know I, I even have them as I stand up here and preach. Things that I feel like, yeah, God's calling me. But if I'm going to get, you know, the, the response, there's, here, here's these five things that Paul said, I'm, I'm, I'm praying for you that the fruit, the result of who you already are in the reality that Jesus has completely forgiven you and completely fulfilled the law and completely forever made you at peace and right with God, that that would be what's transforming your life, not you thinking you have to do a bunch of stuff. The Bible says this, and we'll read a couple of verses. First John 2, 2, it says, and he himself, he himself is the propitiation or the full payment for all of our sins, and not just for us, but for the whole world. Hebrews 10, 14 says, for by one offering, he has forever perfected those who are still being made holy. That word sanctify, you're still a work in progress. Every single one of us in this room, guess what? We're a work in progress. Guess what? We have gaps all over the place. And the Bible says by one sacrifice, he has forever already perfected, 
called righteous and holy, you and I, even though we're still a work in progress. The Bible goes, 2 Corinthians 5, 21, because Jesus who knew no sin became sin, we have now become the righteousness of God. Romans 5, 1 says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we forever have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. See, we, we were not saved by our good works. No, we were saved by Jesus' finished work. And it is God who calls and Jesus who saves and then you and I who, who respond. You can write this down. My, my, my last thought this morning, it simply is this, that, that it's you and I, it's you and I who respond. Point number three is we, we, we respond. Ephesians 2.8, I want to read you two verses from Ephesians. Ephesians 2.8, um, for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. So I've been saved not by my own good works, but I've been saved by the grace and the goodness of God. I heard someone say recently, they said, remember, it's grace that sets the table and faith that eats. I already told you, I got three little munchkins at home, Evelyn, Brooklyn, and Graham. And yesterday, um, I don't want to make like it a big deal or anything, but uh, I made all of my family a meal yesterday. And by meal, I mean I made turkey sandwiches because Brooklyn loves turkey sandwiches. And so, um, so, so yesterday, I, I made turkey sandwiches. And, uh, and all my kids, all they did was sit down and eat. They, they didn't even know it was lunchtime. They were playing, doing their own thing. They didn't even realize it's lunchtime, it's time to eat. And even if they wanted to, they don't have any money. All the parents said amen. Like is the, you, you don't even have money. And you don't even have the ability at six, four, and two to get in a car and go to the store. It's my money. It's God's money, you know what I mean. But it's my money. And I'm the one, and by me I mean my wife is the one, who, who went to the store and bought all the food. They didn't, they didn't come in the kitchen. They, they didn't help prepare the meal. They didn't do anything. All they did was, was respond to an invitation that it's, it's, it's time. Can, can I just remind you and I, in case we, we think too highly of ourselves, you didn't even know it was time to eat. Bible says that God demonstrated his love when we were still dead in our trespass and still you you didn't even know that it was time to eat. You don't even realize sometimes how hungry and malnourished and empty you are. We in our own frailty and our humanity we are so good at covering and self-medicating and disguising that so often you don't even realize how desperate you are and how much you need God. Here we are, we, we, we think highly of ourselves. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I remember back in 1982 when I really called on God. You didn't even realize you needed God. It was God who called you. And to this day, it is still God who says, kids, you, you need some food. You, you, you didn't prepare this. Who are we acting like, yeah, you know, I've really been doing great in relationship with God lately. You know, I want to sit down. I'd love for, to, you know, to help you. Uh, I got 10 steps. And uh, these 10 steps, man, I'm telling you, they have... 
we have no ability it on our best day in our best efforts we have no ability to in our own efforts and discipline and hard work and all the things that we wear as badges of honor to even sniff come close to, to right relationship with him it, God's the one who called the meal time Jesus is the one who has fully prepared a banqueting table. What what does Psalm say? That he is our great shepherd who prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies. We, we, We think very highly of ourselves, do we not so often? Yeah, man, I'm, you know, haven't really done it yet, but I'm probably gonna really call on God. And come on, who are we kidding? Because God so loves you and I, and because God so desires not our perfection, but relationship with you and I. There's there's nothing more that, that I want for my kids than the best. And because God wants the best for you. Because God wants the best for your marriage, the best for your family. Because God wants the best for your soul. Because God wants the best for every area he continues to prove and demonstrate his love in calling us. I'm confident of this church that he who started, the one who initiated and called, is the one who just keeps calling, is the one who just keeps initiating, is the one who just keeps on waking us up in the middle of the night, arresting us, in our car when we drive to work, all of a sudden showing up out of nowhere when we're folding laundry, it's God who calls. And Jesus who has prepared this table, and it's us who simply respond. We respond, number one, by receiving. When's the last time that you you really have just taken, taken time to receive and to soak in how good God is? I, I know that sounds like really spiritual and really out there, but 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 I'm telling you, I I woke up at 3 a.m., I can't sleep, and all of a sudden the moment that I realized it was God who was calling me. It, it, it was God who had my number, it something shifted in me. And I did not rush for a pen and a paper to to make a list of how I'd respond, but I sat there. And really, really with, with no words because I, I couldn't get them out all the way. With big tears in my eyes, I just started thinking about and receiving. God, thank you that you love me. Thank you, God, that you called me and you woke me up today because you wanted to remind me how much you love me and how much you care about me. Thank you that you haven't given up on me. I don't know what to do over here, but thank you that you're my wisdom. Thank you that you promised you would never leave me, you would never forsake me. Thank you that although I feel pain and hurt and grief, that you are my comforter, that you're my counselor. Thank you that you're my healer, God. I know I'm broken. I, I thank you that right now you're, and I just, I just will start receiving. When's the last time you've just received? We are so quick to make lists of the things we got to do so we can post them on social media and get likes and affirmation from everyone that we, we've collected as friends and followers. When's the last time you've just received? When's the last time you just stopped and said, God, you're calling me. This is not about me calling, you're calling me. 
you, you, you're the one that's initiating this. Jesus, you've done everything. You are my everything. You said that I'm standing right now in the grace of God, that I have full access to all things, pertain to life and godliness, and we just receive. And just a second way we respond, I promise we're done right here, but, but we respond in obedience. I said I was going to give you two verses, Ephesians 2.10. The Bible says we are the workmanship of God created in Christ Jesus to do good. We're not saved by our good works, but we are saved for good works. There are some things that God is asking of us. There are some things that God is requiring. And again, this is where it's personal because that's different for everybody, isn't it? Maybe you're here and the thing that God is asking, the thing that God is, it's, it's just that you would open your heart and, and give your life to him. Like the prodigal son, he's not looking for you to come back and get, get to chores. He just wants you back in the house. Maybe you're here today and you feel far from God and, and, and the one thing he's trying to, trying to get you to obey, to respond is simply to call out to him and say, God, I need you. I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. I need your, I need your help. But maybe that's not you. Maybe you're here and there's something else. There's, there's, a, there's a one thing. And I promise I'm done right here, but here's, here's the thing that so often we forget. We have a list of 10 things, but Jesus often speaks about one thing. And I just have a sneaky suspicion that that one thing that he's been speaking to you about that you feel is so arbitrary and so disconnected from everything is actually the one thing, the key that opens up the door for everything else. What is that one thing? What is that one thing that, I mean, you, you can't get out of a church service. You can't get out of, of hearing a sermon. It's like the sermon's not even about that, but that's the thing because it's the one thing right now Jesus is asking. What did Pastor Go preach a couple weeks ago? He, he talked about how the kingdom is about stewardship. And when God speaks the one thing, we can't get to the other things until we steward the one thing. Well, what is the one thing that Jesus is calling, asking for you to receive his help and step into in obedience? I'm praying for all of us that as we move into new seasons of life, as God leads us and changes us and transforms us, that more than ever before, we'd hear his call. We'd receive the grace and the goodness and the finished work of Jesus, and we would get good at obeying the one thing. Can I pray for you this morning? God, I thank you today that for all of us, no one excluded, whether we've even recognized it or not, God, you are calling us. You are the initiator. You are the one who has started and who continues to call us. And I ask you this morning that in an increased way, we would hear your call. We would hear you as you initiate and desire to continue conversation and relationship with us. I pray today you would help us to receive in fullness the love, the grace, the goodness of God. And I pray in the name of Jesus that Holy Spirit, even in this moment right now, you would empower your church in obedience to the one thing. And I pray that as we hear your call, receive your grace, and say yes to the one thing over and over and over again, that you're continuing to lead and guide us into victory, into triumph, into the full plan and potential you have for us. God, we thank you for it today. Thank you, God, that you really will continue the good work you've started. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening. 
To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.